Chris Gregory realized he wanted to be a rapper when he was only eight years old. As he grew, Chris began to use his creativity to counter the environment of gang activity and sordid social pressures surrounding Miami, Florida. Rapping became an outlet for his own frustration in response to the world around him. Rather than be part of a system that produced gang violence, drug abuse, and negativity, Chris dove headfirst into music, cultivating a voice to combat the instabilities of everyday life. Rap music became his therapy, an open forum of self-expression where he could escape into his mind and develop something positive in an environment that begged to hold him down. This is Inside the Mind's Eye with Chris Gregory. Everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I am the absolute center of the universe. The realest, most vivid and important person in existence. But it's pretty much the same for all of us. It is our default setting, hardwired into our boards at birth. Your essential self is the foundation of the universe. Just as the waves are continuous with the ocean, your body is continuous with the total energy system of the cosmos. And it's all you. That self is the basis of all being. Life as we experience it's a big act, and that behind this big act is the player, and uh, the player is you. question should be does everybody really hate chris <laughs> yeah if it, it feels like it felt like that in certain instances uh, uh you're referring to the song everybody hates chris yeah uh yeah i wrote that because it, it was just a lot of like it, it was it, it was it's a story of a lot a lot of uh bad luck you know and, and during those times it just couldn't catch a break so that's what it felt like you know yeah, it yeah. it reminded me of when I was bullied in third like elementary school. Yeah, that's kind of what you talk about is like. Uh, yeah, that was the first verse. First verse was a story of. Uh, it's a fun story. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it was it was middle school. You know, I, I had growing up. I you know, I was kid. You know, kids grow up. They have issues. Angry kids, whatever stuff like that, and. Uh, had a little bit of an attitude problem and there's this kid in, in school it was like the cliche bully you know that you would see in the movies like that one kid in the school that bullies everybody yeah well i had him for it was like the first day of like the first day of eighth grade or something like that and uh he decided to screw with me for some reason and i was trying to keep it cool was trying to keep it cool i had already been in a lot of fights and you know i just wasn't trying to get in any more trouble you know i didn't want to get kicked out of school had drag my mom into this and stuff like that so he uh he decided to to kind of shove me a little bit while i was sitting at my desk he shoved me 
and I guess that that just set it off. I flipped out. I knocked his ass out, and you know, <laughs> they called the security guards to drag me out. Long story short, I thought it was over, and uh, early it was an early release day, and uh, I got stuck at school. My ride forgot to show up. <laughs> oh damn! And uh, I was hanging out with one of my friends outside of school, and it's like five in the afternoon. It's like way past hours. And I see the same guy who I got to the altercation with him and five other of his boys. And they're waiting on you. They, I, I don't know if they're waiting on me or what, but they were just there. And I, they saw me and they started talking shit, started taking off their shirts, putting down their book bags. I was like, all right, we're going to fight. <laughs> I look at my boy. I was like, you ready for this? And he's, he just looks shook. He's nervous. You know what I mean? I was like, all right. As soon as they he walk, might, he might not be ready. <laughs> yeah, he might not be ready, but fuck it. You know? Yeah. And, uh, they, they they approach us, they walk up, they start talking shit, and the first thing my boy does is throw his hands up. He's like, I've got nothing to do with this. Ah. And he tries to walk away. And I, I don't know if he thought I was going to follow him or what, but I stood there. I looked at him. I was like, all right, dude. All right. You and I will settle later. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the first one pushed me. I swung, that they all started swinging, and I just, you know, obviously I didn't win. I didn't win that fight. <laughs> you know? Hungry, cause there was always someone trying to take my lunch from me Until one day I got fed up and I threw my set up And I left that fucking bully dead from the neck up I felt like a man with his blood on my hands I knew that no one would ever fuck with me again But little did I know that fucking guy had other plans The next day after school I got caught by his brother's friends I took a whooping even though I tried to box They beat my ass while my boy stood by and watched I couldn't even catch a ride home with my face split I hate this, it's like everybody They always tell you, you know, if, if you lose a fight when you come home, you're gonna lose again. <laughs> Wait, if you lose a fight when you come home, you're gonna lose again? Yeah. In other words, like you, you better stand up for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, who taught you that? Just growing up. That's how you know. That's always been the thing. Like you know, make you never, never take that shit sitting down. You know. Right. Stand up for yourself. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I went out of my way to 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 fight each and every one of them individually until I won. Really? Yeah. Like you made like a Kill Bill list of like the... Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took your lipstick out and marked them off one by one? Yeah, it's, that was my uncle's idea. Oh, man. He was like, all right, yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some, but what are you going to do now? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you better go back and kick their ass. Yeah, because you, like, can't, you can't beat a group. Obviously. <laughs> but, but individually, you individually, might, might stand yeah. a chance. So I got it like... That month alone, I got into like six fights. It got it got so bad to the point that the, uh, I got escorted to my classes. I was having parent-teacher conferences. They're taking me to the counselors every every week just to see like how you doing, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel upset? Are you angry or something? Like it was stupid. But uh, what what? This is eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you grow up? Where was this? Miami, Florida. Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood called Cutler Ridge, but always went outside of my. I always went to school outside of my district. Because uh-huh. uh, my mom, she was a single parent. She would work, you know, elsewhere. And uh, buses didn't go to where I, I lived. So I would either, she would pick me up after work or something like that. So uh, I always went to school wherever she worked, you know. Uh-huh. So that that's the main reason for that. So you were in Miami basically from a little kid, like your earliest memory. Oh, born memory. and raised, yeah, born and raised. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and how about your father? My father, uh... I, he, he left before I was born. I actually, 
like two weeks ago, I met him for the first time. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did that happen? It was crazy. I, I'd been searching for him my entire life. Like, I always wanted to know, like, who's my dad? Like, I, I had, you know, stories, but they're very vague, you know? I never really got, like, a, a clear answer, like, yeah, this is your dad. Like, he left because of this reason. It was always a giant question mark, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Uh, I searched for him. I, I went on road trips with, with my buddies when I was younger, like after high school and all that, just searching. Like I went like balls out trying to find this guy and I was always unsuccessful, always unsuccessful. So I kind of gave up like around my early 20s. I decided, screw it. You know, I made it this far without him. You know, why am I? Why is it bothering me so much? What, what were you wanting to wanting to see? What were you wanting to find? Find just. You know, like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the deal? What went down that, that you had to say? Like, why am I the only one of my friends who doesn't have a dad? You know what I'm saying? So, uh... Like, no communication throughout your life at all? None whatsoever. None <clears throat> whatsoever. So, it was uh, last October. Oh, and I always knew I had uh, sisters. I had two sisters from him through his a previous marriage, which I, I've never met them before either. Uh-huh. So... In, in my searchings, I like you know I gathered uh, names, uh, old addresses, stuff like that. Just like really, really searching for these people, and I've always just kept it like in a shoebox. Just you know all that information, and I just put it away. Like I, I gave up, and one day, uh, like towards the middle to end of last year, I, I went through that. I found the shoebox. I just started going through it. I was like, you know what? We just write their names at Facebook, see what happens. First try, I found my sister. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it turns out we had a mutual friend. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, how do we have a mutual friend? So it turned out to be this dude who I've known for, like, since high school. You know, he's he's been a good friend of mine for many years. Turns out he's their cousin. Oh, which, shit. Which kind of makes him my cousin. Yeah, it does. So I've known this cat, like, forever. And, like, he, he's been my cousin the whole time. I had no idea. Wait, were you all friends? Yeah, yeah. Me and Scar were friends. We've been friends. Like, like kicking it and stuff? Like kicking it. Ciphering up, rapping together, all kinds of really? stuff. Really? Yeah. See, that's cool to me. It's like, he didn't even know he was blood. Yeah. But somehow well, you all attracted to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's like related through marriage. It's it's, oh, okay. it's not like a, like a blood relation, nothing like that. Uh, but still, small world, you know? Exactly. So, and I reached out to, to my sister. We spoke briefly, but I understand like some random guy out of nowhere just hits you up like what's up of your brother it's kind of sketchy mm-hmm. so she was she was a little she was a little uh sketchy about it so i didn't bother her too much about it but through her facebook i ended up finding my other sister so you and, went through her friends and saw her, your other sister yeah just because i was like you know th- it's got to be them like I, there's no way i could find both of them under the same profile and like you know so so i found my other sister she didn't write back at all but then i found my father Really? I was like, no fucking way. Like, this is him? How could you tell? I uh, I asked her, you know, I was like, is this, uh, and, and everything, like, I looked at his page and, and everything just matched, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I always heard that he was a musician. Mm-hmm. And on his Facebook page, he was uh, in a band, you know what I'm saying? I was like, no way. And then, same first name, same last name father of these two girls who are my sisters i was like this has got to be the guy hmm. so i just kind of sat on it i sat on it i didn't really i didn't write to him i didn't reach out and then like a month ago i said fuck it what do i got to lose 
I wrote him a message, a really long message, just like tell him who I am. Like, I'm not here to start trouble. I'm just, yeah, you know, yeah. I've just been looking for you, man. You know, and surprise, like, like a few pages. Uh, well, it, it's Facebook Messenger, so it's just like paragraphs, you know. But you basically said, uh, "I'm I'm your son." Yeah, I'm your son. I sent him the one picture I had of him. Oh, to, okay. to like kind of be like, "Yo, this is the guy I'm looking for. If this is you, then I'm your son." Wow. And he wrote back. He said, hey, uh, here's my phone number. So I called him up, and I was nervous, man. My heart was beating. It was beating fast. Like, this was a big deal for me, you know? And he answered and confirmed, like, yeah, this is me. I'm who you're looking for. And we got to talking. Uh, he's he's cool, man. He's cooler than I would have imagined. Like, I don't know. Looking for him, I always was ready for, like, this big dramatic, like, intense emotional like i don't know big big thing you know and he was just so cool he was just so cool so so receptive so like he's been staying in contact he calls me up a few times a week we just talk like old friends it's crazy man yeah i got i got to meet him uh i got to meet him he he uh flew into to atlanta for a layover he's a pilot huh and uh he flew in he called me he's like i'll be in atlanta for like 10 minutes you know, if you want to meet up, I was like, fuck yeah. I live 10 minutes from the airport. Yeah. Flew over there. I got to meet him. Took a picture together. Nice guy. He's he's so cool. Like, he uh, he wished me good luck before the show. Called me up to see how I was doing afterwards. He told me happy Easter today. Like, he, he's just been dude. like, yeah, it's it's been so cool, dude. Like, I never thought I'd live to see the day. And, and did, he give you, a- did he give you any closure for the, all the years he was gone? Uh... We haven't really, we haven't really uh, uh, tapped into that, you know. Uh, so far, it's everything's been nothing but pleasant, you know what I mean. And oh. there, there, there's questions that that I want to ask that I don't know how to ask. Without, I, I don't want to come off as too pushy. I don't want you know stuff like that. So, I'm just right now. We're just we're just talking, right. kicking it, and, and seeing how things go. You know what I'm saying? Dude, what what yeah. ha- what happened from when you're the kid in middle school getting in fights? Yeah. You got your teacher following you around. Yeah. What happened from that that person to this person who understands that when it comes to a human relationship, it's not always about anything other than just we're here right now. Let's enjoy each other right now. Yeah. Uh what a lot there... of growing, man. A lot of growing, you know what I'm saying? Uh since since I was a kid and relationships I've 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 gone through that I've had throughout my life and people I've known and, and things that I've gone through has taught me a lot, you know what I'm saying, about patience. And, and it's funny that I say that because I'm probably I probably have one of the worst tempers of the, uh, of the people I know. Not, not I'm not about to go uh, fly off the handle and like start bar fights for no reason, but I do. Yeah, pretty I can be a pretty emotional guy sometimes when 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 uh with tempers or flaring, you know, mm-hmm. but all of my stuff gets like introverted in me. Like, uh, yeah, see that that's the problem. And I'm the same way. It's just when it becomes too much, you know, that it's got to come out somehow. Oh yeah. And that's really why I, I started writing songs, man. Well, how old were you when you started? When I first started, I hey, kicked my first freestyle when I was eight. <laughs> when I was eight, rip, I get, rap, river to do. Yeah, I get you know, you know, just a little kid talking nonsense, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I, don't, I don't even know if I knew what rhyming was at that time. Yeah, uh, we we my mother and I we lived with this lady, and uh, she had three sons, 
And her oldest son at the time, this is back in 98, her son was like 13 and his cousin was 15 and they were really into hip hop. They loved Biggie. That was like your first, uh, yeah, you saw like, these kids that were like, yeah, he's the shit. I think that's how I got introduced to hip hop, really. And uh, just watching her son, just like, and her son was like, he, that kid was a troublemaker. He was always in the streets and stuff like that. But he was so cool, you know? Oh, yeah. And he loved hip-hop, and he was always putting us on to these songs, like, oh, check this out, Biggie, and Hypnotize, you know, was like the shit. And uh, so that's how I got into that. And, and him and his cousin were rapping in the backyard freestyle, and they thought it was funny, like, oh, let's see if Chris could kick a rhyme. Huh. So I was like, all right. Da-da-da-da-da. I spit my little garbage, whatever I was talking about. I don't know what I was talking about. But I decided, like, this is so awesome. Yeah. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I never wanted to be a fireman, a cop, or an astronaut, nothing like that. I was like, crap, crap. Wow. It. Eight years old. Yeah. So I got serious with it. I took myself serious in middle school. I'll write. Of course, 8 Mile came out around that time. I was like, oh, Dude, yeah. So. What an inspiring movie. Yeah, man. yeah. So... Which is interesting because from what I've listened to of your, the way you do it is uh-huh. you, you you call yourself out. You're you're really focused in on what's going on with you. You're not trying yeah. to be a rapper. Yeah. You're not trying to be a projection of of a, an idea more so than you're trying. It it seems like it's therapeutic in a sense. It really is, dude. And you know there there's a lot of people out there like celebrities that try to speak on, on, on social events and, and worldly events and stuff like that and more power to them but uh i don't know i feel like i if there's nothing i know more than myself you know there's nothing i know better than myself so that's the easiest thing for me to talk about and and people have been able to relate to it i think that's the best part of it all yeah you know just my my uh my outlet drew people in and it's always been a good experience. So you're kicking it and you're doing you're doing raps and you realize you want to do this. Yeah, yeah, eight years old. I was like, this is it. This is the shit. This is what I want to do. <laughs> and uh, I, I decided, like, in, in, uh, in middle school, I, you know, I'd write little rhymes and stuff like that. And uh, but I kept it to myself, you know, kept it to myself. And because oh. Around when I was like ten or eleven, I remember uh, uh, my mom had had a boyfriend at the time, and he asked me one day like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I was like, "I want to be a rapper." And he was like, "You can't do that." You know, first of all, you're white. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, basically he just like shot my shit down. You know what I'm saying? Like he totally like shit it on on like my dreams. Huh. You know, he was like, "You can't do that. You can't. That's stupid. You can't do that." Of course, my mom was like, "Don't listen. To you do whatever you want." You know? Yeah. Why not? So I think all of this has been like unconsciously just a big ass middle figure to that guy yeah. <laughs> you know like when the first time i started booking shows or whatever i made sure he knew about it yeah matter of fact he's been to some of my shows huh and you know but yeah like around middle school you know i kept it to myself a little bit especially after like he told me i couldn't do it so i don't want to hear that from nobody else and ninth grade it was like the first week of, of like ninth grade 
And uh, this kid was like clowning on people at our table, just like rhyming and like talking shit about people and stuff like that. And then he got to me and then he started, he started like talking about my clothes, what I was wearing, all kinds of shit like that. Just trying to be like a, a clown. And I was like, all right. And I was always real quiet. So I kicked the verse like about him and turned it to like a little mini rap battle. And then I guess that got around the school. Like everyone was like, oh shit, Chris got his ass. It was um, good, didn't it? It was cool. I can lie, it was cool. And after that, every class I went to, they're like, I heard you be rapping. I heard you were rapping. Kick some shit. They'd be freestyling for all like six of my classes. And then I met this dude, uh, this dude, Danny. He's actually been uh, one of my best friends since we met, since ninth grade. He, we're, we're going to this other kid's uh, house to record because he said he had a studio and all that. So I met him and me and this dude, Danny, kicked it off like real cool. You know, we, we had a little rap group uh, in high school with all the boys and stuff like that. And then after that broke up, me, him, and this dude, Dre, like, the three of us stuck together. We we started our own little uh, music group. I built a studio in my house. And they would all come over and we would record and we'd release music to the school. We started booking shows. And, uh, yeah, those two dudes, man, they're they're both doing big things. Uh, so what? When, do you remember the first time you got in front of a crowd of people? Yes. My first show was at a place called Uva Lounge in Miami. Mm-hmm. It was with these two guys. And uh, uh, Danny would uh, he would make the beats. Me and Dre were the rappers. So we booked a show together and me and him got on stage. It was it was so it was cool, but it was real like it was it was uh, it was a modest uh, venue. Huh. They put two tables together. We stood on top of those tables <laughs> <laughs> and performed for our friends and stuff like that. And uh, we did a lot of shows like that, just performing for like the bartenders, uh-huh. you know. And uh, eventually, you know, the shows got bigger, the crowds got bigger. Starting like two years ago, I began opening up for uh, for bigger name artists. Like I've opened up for Lazy Bone. Lazy Bone, yeah. dude. That was the first big name artist I opened for was Lazy Bone. Again, all in Miami. Uh, then I opened up for the whole crew after that. They called me back. They're like, all right, both of us, the whole crew. Man. Man. So when it comes to what, what it means to be an artist, yeah. how would if I were to if you, you were to define what it means to be an artist for you, what would that be? What it means to be an artist? Yeah. Uh, just expressing myself through an artist in general, just expressing yourself through through any kind of medium. Mine is music. Uh, for me, it's music. That's my that's my outlet for uh, for my self expression and, and any and any creative way to express yourself. That's it's, it's art. Yeah. Whether you you paint or or you you're you sculpt or you write songs or you're a composer or an actor, you write screenplays, anything like that, uh, you're an artist. Yeah, for me, for me, it seems like uh, the documentation of a moment of time or a thought or yeah. capturing something that wouldn't be seen unless there was a uh, canvas for it to be on. Exactly. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm like obsessed with trying to figure out what separates good art from mediocre. So like there's something when I met you, 
there there was a stage there's a bunch of performers yeah right uh but i didn't sense that i didn't sense something raw or something real that made me want to know more right. you know for me for my personal thing is like the best artists uh have a lot of questions right so like any writer that's going to start writing if uh, to me my opinion is a good writer that that starts with a question says i don't know yeah. and then they'll figure it out while they're exploring it on a piece of paper because there's so like I think music it, is good to listen it's always good it's i think it's open to interpretation like what what makes it good it, it's all it's all a matter of opinion really you know what what i think makes good art is something that i can uh that's something that that makes me feel something yes you know if it, if it can if it evokes emotion any good or bad you know otherwise i i feel like that that's good art like there there's people out like like at the show there's some people who didn't like everything i said mm-hmm. you know but that's fine whether they have something good or bad to say about it the fact that they have something at all to say about it i did my job yeah it sparked something exactly it, it made you think it made you feel something so uh but still like just because i didn't feel anything from somebody's uh, uh performance or or something they've done doesn't mean that somebody else won't right you know so who, yeah, I don't listen to yeah. heavy heavy death metal, but there's a whole tribe it's, of people that there's a lot love of hip, that shit. I mean, there's a lot of hip hop that I can't stand. Yeah, you know? namely most of everything that's on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I don't know what I, I I literally don't know what's on the radio because I've yeah. I've got the I've got the SoundCloud, I've got the exactly. uh, the Spotify. This is the, see. This is the the cultural climate that we're in. Is that we have we're going to be choosing our content all the time. Radio will be obsolete. Right. There will be no more. These are the people that the media that's saying you need to listen and follow this. And I think the influx for our generation that's happening right now is we're looking at this stream of content. And we're going, why the fuck is this what we're being shown? Yeah. You know. And I th- and I've talked to so many artists that are saying the same thing. They're like. We're being force fed all of it, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, who who's really deciding that this is the number one song? Like, I get it, numbers don't lie, but I mean, when you constantly play something over and over, whether or not it was requested or not, it's gonna, I guess it's gonna show those numbers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there's ways to manipulate it, but uh, I discover artists through through the internet. Like, it started off, somebody introduced me to Tech Nine. Through Tech Nine, I heard Hobson on a song. Through Hobson, Dude, I heard Hobson. Hobson. Then I, through Hobson, I discovered like his whole funk volume movement. Dizzy Wright, Jared Benton, uh, Swizz, DJ Hopper, all of them, and whoever they collaborate with, I, I discover them. Like uh, there's another artist, Futuristic. I heard him because he was on a song with uh, Dizzy and Jared, and like now I follow his music. Uh, oh, you're just following the stream of your heart, so to say. Like this is yeah. These guys spoke good. Yeah. They gotta know guys that speak good, man. Pretty much, you uh, know. Spiderweb effect. Exactly. There's a reason, no doubt, kicked it with Sublime, dude. It's like they're yeah. making good music, man. Yeah. It's good yeah. shit. That's it, dude. Like, and, that, and like whoever like puts me onto something, like, uh, I mean, he's huge now, but but my roommate kind of put me onto the, like the weekend. Yeah. You know, and like a few years ago, he had like his fan base, but it wasn't like as broad as it is today. Yeah, he's blown up. Yeah, he is blown up. He's you can't turn on the radio without hearing him. And I feel like he deserves it, man. He's a talented guy. So uh just yeah, through word of mouth really and, and following other artists who follow other artists and just that chain effect. That's how I, I get into my music. That's how I do it too. Yeah. That's ex- I love that uh the Hobson song, Ill Mind of Hobson Five. Yeah. Where he's like uh he's basically saying like in his basement talking to people. 
Yeah, he's yeah. like, there, there's all these kids out here, you know. Uh, he's basically saying, like, no one's doing anything. Everyone's just getting fucked up, yeah. playing beer pong with your bros, you know. Like, yeah. this is what life is. I'm working, I'm going to college, I'm having, sleeping with women. Yeah. There's got to be something fucking more. What the hell are you knuckleheads yeah. doing? Yeah. And he, it's just like, he goes those three verses. The first one he attacks almost like... The bros around him, the, bros, the stereotypical. Yeah. Let's just get drunk and frat, guys and frat it like up, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like we're just gonna go coast and and, and not really try anything. And he's and Hobson's like, I don't know how that happens because I gotta draw, I gotta figure out yeah. something to do, do something. And do somebody, yeah. The second verse is like talking about the women who like can't find a nice guy. Yeah. And they're all like, you know, he's like, well, you're you're dressing up, you know, yeah. and. He You're attacks, bringing it upon yeah, yourself. He attacks a lot of things that, that are going on like today, and it, uh, that's his opinion, man. Like some of it, I agree with. Some of it, I feel like you know, that's just all him. But uh, either way, like I think it was a great song. It made everybody think. Yeah. Whether you liked it or not, did you think about it? And, and, and that brings us back to like that's good art, you know? It was like I was I was listening through. I was like, which one of these could be me? Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because I be, I think we've all fallen under, under under one of those categories, you know, like, like uh, moving up here, I felt real stagnant, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a place to live, I'm, I'm solidifying my job and stuff like that, but what what am I really doing with myself, you know? Mm. Like, what what like I, I considered like dropping out of uh, music altogether. Really? Yeah. Like, when, when was that? Not too long ago. <laughs> uh the the company that I that I work with to to help book these shows, they would email me every week, and I was ignoring them. I was just like, I'm not I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I just don't have the desire. It just doesn't make me happy like it used to. Mm. So one day I was like, fuck it. They kept blowing me up. I was like, yes, I will play at Smith's Old Bar. Yes, I'll fucking do it. I'm glad I did, man. Like I don't know. I guess it, it like it set that fire in my ass again. It made me want to work. So I've been writing like crazy. I've been uh, working on my stage show, you know, talking to different people here, talking to you and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I, I feel it again. Like I, I want to do it. it I want to do it whether it goes somewhere or not. It's just something I want to do now. I, I I guess rekindled my love for it, you know. Man, that's good to hear, dude. Yeah. Do, <laughs> and you think the thing that that sparked it was you just said, you know what, I'll give this a try. Like they're emailing me anyway. Pretty much. It was, a, it was a fuck it moment. Man, I just went through that. I uh, So for the last almost year and a half, I've been writing every single day. I started writing a book last January. And nice. I've just felt so isolated within my... That's part of the reason this happened is because I looked around. I'm 27 years old, and I realized I want something more. I don't right. want to live my life working for my life. And if I'm going to work, I want it to be work that matters. Absolutely. And then, and also, I'm fucked up because I don't give a shit about money. Right. Like, I could care less. As like, Of course, the, the for me, the goal is not to have to worry about bills by doing what yeah. I love. But I don't, I'm, not, I'm not motivated by money at all. Yeah, wealth without happiness is worthless, man. Yeah, exactly. And for some reason, last week, Sunday night, just this, this wave of self-doubt hit me, and, and it had been building up. It would come every couple weeks. Yeah. And and I just was like, I, I looked through, I was, I was in my upstairs in the living room writing, and I was just like, I haven't, who the fuck am I talking to? 
Yeah. Like I literally spent months, probably the last three or four months, only talking to myself on my computer, yeah. working, and then trying to, to meet other artists who want to talk about this type of stuff. <laughs> I know what that feels like, man. Because I felt isolated <laughs> around the populace, man. Yeah. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the American dream is. Like, I don't know. All I know is what I want. Yeah. And I've got, it got to my head to the point where the idea of the man that I want to be was so much farther than the guy I actually am right now right. that I lost just being able to be me. Yeah. It was like I was trying so hard. And so, so earlier this week, I stopped writing altogether. And I told myself, I'm only going to do things if I want to do them. Right. Because it's really, it started a year and three months ago. It was, I only wrote when I got inspiration. But yeah. as I listened to more podcasts of artists that I respect, who led me to other podcasts with other artists I respect, I started implementing their behaviors and their habits for success. One, guy t- one guy's story, which is incredible, he's 31 years old. His name is Brian Kopelman, 31 years old. He never, he never done anything creative or, or published anything creative. And right. he was working in A&R for the music industry. And he realized, like, he wants to be a writer. He wanted to do something. He right. didn't want to spend the rest of his life working uh, the job. And uh, that day he realized, if I don't do this now, if I don't go after my dreams, I'll never be able to tell my kids that they can go after their dreams. Exactly. So what he did, he called up his best bro and he said, let's write a movie. And for the next year and a half, they met Monday through Friday for two hours at his house yeah. to sit in the basement and write a screenplay. Nice. After a year and a half, they finished it, and they spent another year trying to pitch it. And the movie that got made was uh, that movie Rounders, okay. the poker movie with uh, Edward Norton and all that. And that was their first, his first thing. Wow. And now he does it. That's impressive. Yeah. That's he, awesome. It, now, he, now he writes screenplays. He has that show Billions on Showtime, and he... Uh, he just does it. He and he shares the yeah. he shares it. Like he has his own show, his own podcast to say like if you're an artist and you're struggling and you're wondering when that moment's going to come that's right. going to change everything. Yeah. I kind of believe we have to make that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh you're not going to get nowhere without without the proper work ethic. You know, is there is there any struggle that you go through uh in the past that that maybe pushed you towards this? Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, just life in general, man. Uh, you know, growing up very modestly, you know, humble beginnings as they call it or whatever. Uh, that, you know, of course this was always my outlet and, and it's always been a dream, like to be able to, to make a living off of doing something I love, you know, there's nothing I love more than, than to, to write music. Uh, struggles yeah dude uh, anything that I went through uh, my living conditions people I lived with just not wanting to be in this place anymore you know I want to be something I want to be somebody I, I, I want my I want my words to matter I want my music to make a difference I, I want it to reach people you know because I know that I'm, I'm not I'm not special meaning like there's people out there who are just like me you know, there's every, like it, it could be a different struggle, but everybody out there is fighting a battle that you don't know. And, and if music is a way that that people could come together, you know, and, and if I could be a part of that, if I could be the cause of that, that that's that's awesome. You know, there's a the, the interesting thing about your story so far is the uh, how you were so young you were when you really started expressing yourself creatively. 
<laughs> you know, I was I was an athlete. I you know I I coasted success through what I could do on a football field. Yeah. And I got distracted by drugs, alcohol, yeah. mostly. It, it also kept me out of a lot of trouble too, man. Because uh, where I grew up and the people I grew up around were into uh, some shady stuff, you know. And I had a I had a couple run-ins myself with the law and all this, that kind of stuff. And uh, at a younger age, but. I, I got in trouble this one time and I decided like, no, nah, this isn't my life, dude. I, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to be in these streets. I don't want to die here in the streets, you know? I, I've i been shot at coming off the bus and there's no, there's no glory in that. There's nothing cool about that, you know? I almost died. <laughs> you know, like, that is not cool because why? Because I want to hang out with gangbangers. I want to hang out in the streets and I want to sell dope and I, and, and I want to steal and break the law. Fuck that. You're almost shy. Yeah. Uh, the school I went to, everybody was a, was a would-be gangbanger, you know? Yeah. So I knew this one cat and uh, he, he was in the Bloods gang, whatever. And uh, we were cool. You know, he did his thing, but, you know, I wasn't really... I never affiliated myself with any of that shit. If I knew you, we were cool, whatever. Yeah. You know... You looked at a person as who they were in front of you, not who they represented. Exactly, you know? So, hanging out with him, people would assume that that I was, you know, down with his gang and shit like that. So... Right. I would get into altercations and fights or whatever. There were were times where people would, like, start throwing gang signs in my face. Like, what's going on? Like, like you know, challenging me to fights, whatever. And I'd get into these stupid fights over a gang that I'm not even in. Yeah, just because of the company. You, you, like a, exactly. you like the dude. So, and hanging out with this guy, you know, I made some enemies. And, uh, again, living outside of the school district, we would take the the public bus. And it would drop us off, like, half a mile from that from the apartment. And we would both, we lived in the same apartment. So, we would walk to the complex. And, uh a rival gang followed our bus and as soon as we got off the bus they just shot it up nobody got hurt no passengers nobody got hurt but still i realized one of my pet peeves is being shot at I, I, <laughs> like i take not a fan <laughs> yeah i take great offense to that because like yeah. you disliked me that much dude you I had was... such a problem that you had to try to sh- fuck you you know like yeah pissed me off so and i told that guy i said fuck you man i'm not hanging with you no more if it's gonna get me killed right sure enough hanging with that same guy uh got me arrested uh-huh. you know uh wrong place wrong time hanging with the wrong people you know I, i'm not gonna say i wasn't doing nothing wrong because hanging out with those people was doing something wrong you know what i'm saying i shouldn't have been hanging with them and uh, me and my boy, uh, Danny, that I mentioned earlier, we ended up getting arrested together. And uh, that right there, I decided, like, and it was a stupid overnighter, you know. But I decided, like, fuck that, dude. This is not my life. I, I'm not a fucking thug. I'm not a fucking gangbanger. Like, I'm, not, I'm not about that life, dude. So I, I focused on my music and my girlfriend at the time. Those are the two things that kept me out of trouble. Hmm. And if I could stay out of jail, but I could stay... Out of the board, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I win exactly. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Wipe that crust out your eyes. It's a new day. New day. Let's get it. A few cups of Florida Kanye got me on the floor like Cornio Cause I haven't eaten nothing all day but a pot de bono I'm Swayze, 
stepping off the of stages, kissing babies, dissing ladies. Like, how you spitting till you bitches pay me? Psych, I ain't making cheese now. So I'm busting freestyles in the meanwhile. Rocking the top of these crowds. People are people the skills, cause I'm keeping it real. Leaving with chills. The weak can seek the cheapest of thrills and never end up meeting the bill. Man, that makes me think about how how gangs can how gangs get formed and stuff because like a less intuitive person yeah. would get in with that friend and realize like I might just as well join these guys. If people are gonna assume that I'm with them anyway, I oh, might yeah. have some protection by joining yeah. these guys. Everyone has a different reason, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't sit there and look down on nobody because you know I, I grew up in that same neighborhood. You know, uh-huh. I grew up around the same kind of people. Thankfully, I never, I just never got involved in that life, you know? It never got brought to me like that. Yeah, I kept some company that probably wasn't the best, but it never got that deep, you know? So for that, for that, I think I'm lucky. And my, my older cousin, he, uh, even though we got into a lot of trouble together, he was always there to watch my back to kind of protect me, you know what I'm saying? Like, So you, you've been fighting a lot. Yeah. What's like, the fight today? What's the fight today? Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't been in a fist fight in a couple of years, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that one was was, was small. It, it was Black Friday. You know how that goes. Oh man, you got to get that Tendo, dude. Exactly. The Nintendos aren't going to take themselves. Exactly. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. I and, and I don't think that that growing up getting into a lot of fist fights and stuff like that. I don't think that really. I don't think that constitutes like being a man or nothing like that. I don't think that's what makes you a man. I think uh, uh, handling responsibility, overcoming adversities, and stuff like that. I think that's what makes you a man. Yeah, and you I know? and I think because uh, I've been in that situation where I've gone with people to fight to fights and stuff, and it's like you, there's something carnal about it, and there's something. It's just pleasurable to know that you lose yourself in in a in a battle like that, and it's outwardly. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a stress reliever, that's for sure. But but I, th- <laughs> but I think the most difficult battles are the ones that happen within ourselves. Yes. And I think that that can get projected outwardly. Oh yeah. And uh, outcasts like uh, Andre three thousand and uh, Big Boy when they're yeah. when they're doing their verses. You, when I listen back to uh, Aquemini or Southern Playlistic Music or AT Aliens, I really recognize the discrepancy in how uh, Andre vocalizes as his his almost it's almost like is his weapon of the war that is whatever he's surrounded by seems to be in those lyrics it's like it's it's like if you because i i grew up like my first love was easy e and nwa and all that stuff and i didn't discover outcast till i was like 23 years old that's crazy are you from georgia yeah uh no tulsa oklahoma okay but when I discovered Outkast and I was bobbing my head to it on first listen to of AT Aliens, I'm just like, dude, this shit is hard. Like, yeah. NWA <clears throat> was doing this over on the on the West Coast, and I, this was happening in the South. They I didn't don't even sound realize like anybody in the South. Dude. Yeah, they don't sound like anybody in the South. It was crazy. And I, I think was, that's why their 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 music is so timeless. Right, yeah. and it, it's like the G funk kind of style. Yeah. But when I went to the second listen through and really listened to how they were doing it, like I felt the same energy I felt from NWA. Yeah. But when I listened to the words, I realized it's inverted. Like he keeps saying, like, I'm never going to run out of ammunition, pop, 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 because my words are my ammunition. Yeah. Like, because my voice is my ammunition because it never runs out. Like the, 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 the cleverness of using things like uh, 
J. Cole does it a lot these days too, where, he, where he's like, those other rappers have shot the dead, yeah. but they never existed anyway because. Exactly. Hey, the pen's mightier than the sword, bro. Exactly. You know? And that's what's interesting because I never had a creative outlet until until I was 25. So I my my story was I escaped through drugs. Like I just I became a heroin addict. And for me, that was the only thing. Like, I, I, for some reason, I wasn't bred or raised in an environment where where it seemed like. I mean, hell, when I played football, I, I never. I always wondered how people could go to school and not know that they're going to go hit people after school for fun. Like, I had to get something out, and then eventually that didn't. That stopped working, and I turned. Me what the fuck I'm doing, I'm releasing anger. Quick to dodge danger, I'm taking it one day. At a time I got the fattest dimes around my way. You can sway with Andre. I'll take it to the whole Joe bitch. Just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling your story about getting shot at. Two weeks ago I had a kid tell me he was strapped and, and threatened threatened my life basically. Yeah. I've never been in that situation before where I'm staring at a kid who's telling me to call the police because he's not moving and he's strapped. And I had to look him dead in the eye and say, basically, I've always wondered how my mind would interpret a, a, a situation like that where I'm being threatened in that manner, how I would respond to it. Right. Like I've daydreamed like what that could be like for me. And I've always been like, oh, I know I'd be able to handle it. You could do that all day. But when the moment comes, it's like... Dude, it, yeah. went, it went like this. Like once I looked and noticed his hand was in his groin, and we don't check people when they come back into the uh, the hallway where we assess people. Right. And I realized he could have a weapon in his hand. I, I, the code had already been called. The whole hospital staff was watching me interact with this kid. Right. And uh, my first gut reaction was, fucking go for this kid. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like you're going to threaten me like that? Like, I, my, my face went flush. I didn't even think of the reality of what right. this actually like what meant. what could actually happen. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I just need to pounce on this kid right now if he's going to be... Like, fuck that. You're yeah. going to tell me you're going to shoot me? You're going <laughs> to fucking shoot me? Like, that was my first reaction. And then my mind was like, because I realized the whole hospital's watching me. My mind inverted it. And it was like, okay, I could get shot and hurt. Yeah. I could get killed. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like I was just like I, yeah. I looked at him and I realized I, I realized I'm not afraid. Yeah, whatever happens happens. Whatever happens happens, and I t yeah. and I repeated to him. I said, "Man, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. Nobody wants to get hurt. I just want to walk with you down to the unit. We right. can go see the nurse together. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But if you're not going to come with me, we're gonna have to put you on the ground, right. give you medication, strap you to a board, and carry you down. Exactly. Either way, you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Easy way or the hard way. And he looked at me again, and he said, better call the police because I'm not moving. And I looked at my right at my security guy and looked back at him, and I just went for his wrist. And I just isolated it, brought him to the ground. We got him to the board. I pulled his wrist out. He was a really big kid. And he had his fist like this, just closed up like a ball. Uh, no weapon. And I was like... He's bluffing. He was bluffing. I, I assumed he yeah. could have been, you know, 50-50. You never yeah. really know, but... It was funny the way, and this is this is the thing I noticed about it was, <clears throat> there was a moment where I was standing there with my arm yeah. like close to him because I wanted to be with arm's reach, and he was telling me to back off, right, and I didn't, and oh. I continued eye contact with him and just repeated those two options again. Yeah. It was funny because 
it's just I'm obsessed with human nature and why people interact with each other and and the way the world kind of flows and ebbs together. Right. He gets on the board and he's he's still fucking pissed. He's trying to get break free and he just starts talking mad shit about everyone around. Yeah. Like, you fat motherfucker, dude. You've never been laid. I swear to God, dude. You goofy ass mug. And he looked at his left like, oh bitch, you got some big ass thighs. Blah blah blah. blah and just talking mad shit. Just going in. And I've got his head right here. I'm just balancing his head where his temple. And his eyes come up and look up at me. And he doesn't say shit. And like I'm just. I'm just standing there. Yeah, you're the guy who took his ass down. <laughs> What's he gonna say? <laughs> but I never, but I never really, I never really thought, I, because the kid was psychotic. Right. That's why he was with us. Uh, but I never thought that, like, I don't know. It just seemed interesting to me that he would lash out at everyone but me. Yeah. Because I just, I'd read that book. Uh, uh, have you ever, you know, Fifty Cent story? Like, uh, like you know, Fifty Cent oh. shot nine times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote this book with this guy named Robert Greene called The 50 Laws of Power. And it talks about how if you can understand fear uh-huh. and you can accept fear, you can turn it into the biggest asset oh, because yeah. everyone is experiencing it. If you can be aware of it, you can you can change it and shape your reality based on it yeah. because you'll walk towards the fear. And the most successful, greatest leaders, they walk towards the fear yeah. because they want something more. Exactly. Some people use it as a weapon. Yeah. And some people like 50 or Napoleon or, or General Patton is they, they, they understand that the fear is there and, uh, and it challenges them to be better men than they thought they could be. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's why I had to stop writing, dude, is because I've been so fucked up. It's like, I always try to do things that scare me. Like I, I remember the first time I published like a Facebook video, right. like I'd never shared my face or seen myself talking before, yeah. but I knew I had to get some messages across and I just, I just knew I had to, and it scared the shit out of me. And I'm in my room filming myself and I'm like, oh, this is actually happening. I'm going <laughs> to let people see me. Yeah. And it, it proved to be instrumental in my development as an artist. It's funny, the things that, that you'll, you'll beat yourself up on, like, oh, Look at the lighting. Look at how I look. look at the sound of my voice. People don't even take that. They don't even think about it. They're just listening to what you're saying. They're taking in the information, and that's it. Like you'd be surprised how much you you overanalyze that people don't even notice. That's the truth, man. And also in the in like the grand scheme of time and the stream of content that yeah. we're all enveloped in, nobody even really gives a shit. Exactly. Unless they do. Right. And if they do, those are the people that you want. Uh huh. So it doesn't hurt you. What is a? Do you have any strategy? For for how you want to go after this goal, this dream. Uh. Well, yeah, yeah kind of, sort of. Uh, I want I want to start a, a company, you know, get my LLC and all that good stuff. I want to update my studio, my equipment, my software, all that kind of stuff. I want to have a good. I want to be able to to release have a good product to market. I want to have uh, a platform to market it on. And after that, it's just getting it out. You know, just work, work like a horse. So this is just a, this is my kind of mentality about everything is that the marketplace has changed. Right. The market, in a sense, is you. It's you're marketing yourself everything you do. It doesn't matter necessarily whether there's a platform yet. Uh But it does matter about whether or not you're moving closer to a master at your craft, so to right. say. 
So I look at it as uh, everything I say and everything I do that projects me is marketing myself. And, yeah. and the way that businesses work these days is like literally anybody can be an entrepreneur. Right. And the only thing we're selling is ourselves and our ideas. Exactly. And I look at somebody like you who has a extreme talent for, for freestyle, for writing. Are you able to just like write something in a day, hop on a track, and then just give it? Have you ever tried that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's been plenty of times where I've, <laughs> I'm a big procrastinator, like, like for before shows, with the exception of this last show I did, I usually make my set list like the night before. Yeah. Yeah, you know? So I put together everything the night before, I mix all the tracks together, I get the levels right, add the effects and whatever. Uh, as far as like creating something from scratch and then putting it out like same day, yeah, I've done that. I've prepared songs like for, for projects. Like somebody has asked me like, hey, I really need you on this. Uh, I'm doing a compilation album and I would like to have a a song with you. Like what are your songs? You know, and I'm like, cool. And I'll make something just for that project. Like right then and there. Like whether I composed the beat or somebody gave it to me or I wrote the song, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, and then sent it back. Like, here you go. Huh. Yeah, I've done that. I've had, I've had to work with deadlines and stuff like that. The... My favorite track, the one that just bumps super fucking hard and just the flow is so good and it's uh -huh. just the the most recent one on your YouTube channel. What was Kings of uh Oh yeah yeah. That's what is like, it? uh Blood Sweat and Dedication is uh what I called it. It's uh it's a remix off a song called King Shit by T I and T I would it's either like Yo Gotti or YG, one of those dudes. Yeah. Uh, that was I had this thing going on for a while called the fair fair requested track series. Yeah. Uh, one day I just decided to test my reach and I put a I put a post out like I will remix any song that you guys request. I saw that. That's what I was gonna ask. You. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, and, and I got responses which I was surprised about. You know, I didn't think anybody would give a shit. Yeah. And I got some responses. So, uh, this was like my second or third time doing that, and uh, that was the song that that was the first one I got requested so I did it and I brought up my boy Jay Welcome he hopped on it and uh he's an insane lyricist crazy he's crazy good. lyricist yeah he's yeah. insane like one of the best I've ever he's been the one that they call Chris Gregory yeah that's how that happened and this right here is the first fan requested track of the season um Blood, sweat, and dedication Sacrificing hella patience Victory, triumph, and devastation All for the sake of reputation Fuck a record deal What does that appeal? Half of you bitches all soft as daffodils Playing the role like you're thugging at the trill Claiming you up in the club and back and still Okay Unhappy, yo, come at me, bro Look, if you buckle, we thumping the what? But don't be waving a tongue at me, though I'll knock the taste of dick out your mouth Then help your mama pick out your blouse for your funeral I swear to God Heaven better open up and send in the mall Mr. Fucking Elias my real name is my rap shit and I'm making it without slanging shit and I still pay for my taxes bitch I'm banging hits without faking it and I still play for the masses got your girl all in my dick and balls you can blame it on that bitch whoa that's the only one you've done? no no I've, I've done a few I've remixed for the fan requested track series I think the first one I ever did was a song called Goldie by ASAP Rocky uh huh I did that one that actually landed on, on a mixtape this uh DJ uh, DJ Dreidel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For the Hebrew hammers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Too live Jew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, he uh, he was a producer for Nappy Boy. Like, T-Pain and all that. He's working with Scott Storch doing huge things right now. But uh, a few years ago, uh, 
got into contact with him and it, like he put it on his mixtape. Huh. And he put me on the cover, like next to Drake and Wiz Khalifa. And, wow! It looked, it looked real boss, you know. Right at the right there at the gas station where you could just pick it out. It, it was an internet thing. I don't know if it ever, he ever actually made physical copies, uh. but it was released on. Uh, wait, wait! I saw the I saw the picture. Dat Piff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it ended up on Dat Piff. Uh, that was cool. That was cool. I got a lot of like retweets and, and, and responses from different people. So I was like, yeah, badass. That was my first fan requested track. After that, I went on to do like a couple. I think I got like a Kanye West joint. Uh, just different shit. So the way I see it, our attention spans as a species in this day and age oh, are minute. super minute. <laughs> yeah. Which means the thing that we do, the thing we did yesterday. Is it going to keep up with today? Yeah. It's not. Unless somebody cares enough and then they become a follower. Exactly. Or they become a reader or a listener. Yeah, and as an artist, you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself just to stay ahead of the curve, you know? And one of the things that comes with reinvention, I believe, is the pursuit of artistry. Yeah. So the more I do and the more I work at my craft, the closer and better I'm going to be getting at it. Yeah. And the, quick, the more I get ideas out, the quicker new fresh ones will come in. Absolutely. And I look at it like uh, almost in a sense like Little Wayne. You know, Little Wayne's thing was... His story is pretty cool. Is where like he was writing all the time, and he had notes and notes and notes of shit that he wanted to do, and then he just burned it all. And he said, "I'm just gonna fucking freestyle from now on, and yeah. I'm gonna try and focus in on what's happening now." That's what they say happened. And then what he did was, which was genius at the time, uh-huh. and still it holds up today with somebody who'd want to do it, is it did not matter who, where, when he worked with somebody, he would. Well, oh, he was on everything at one everything. point. Yeah. To the point that it was almost annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, more power to wait for, and, and of course, I would do the same thing. Like, I, w- I don't think I would ever turn anybody away for for a collaboration just because, like, why? That's just bad business. Right. Unless I just really didn't fuck with what you were doing. And I didn't really agree with your message or I didn't agree with what you were doing. Like, yeah, I, I could see. The, the the reason I think it worked for Wayne so well yeah. is it, it wasn't so, he wasn't, he wasn't, exploring a message yeah he was just a talented lyricist yeah he was just trying to be out there. he's trying to be relevant yeah and fuck he was man he you know he was doing his thing for so long that, that you couldn't listen to a song that he wasn't on yeah yeah and uh and it worked and, uh, and it, the way that i believe laws of attraction work in in this world is that people don't know what they want until yeah. you show them and so the more you can show the more you can express the more you can display yeah it's almost like fishing. Like you're not gonna cast three lines a week. You're gonna go out there and probably cast thirty lines, of course, and see what kind of fish yeah. you're gonna catch. And in the process of doing that, you become a better fisherman, of course, because you learn where the spots are. You become more wiser. You get better at the poles. You know what? You upgrade your shit. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I look at that as a, as almost like something that could be used by anybody or that wants to make something of themselves a business idea musician and there's nothing wrong with expanding your horizons you know like uh i could work with somebody tomorrow and that means whoever listens to them is going to hear me and if they like it you know that that's that adds on to my fan base and same thing for them people who listen to me are going to hear this other person who they may have never even heard of and they're going to be like, wow, that, that's actually pretty tight. Let me, like like what we were talking about earlier, how I find all these different artists. Uh-huh. It's just that, that web effect. Just Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my strategy. It's just scattershot. I want to, I want to, my, my thing that I'm fucked up about is I'm so, I'm so obsessed over like 
why and yeah. why I'm doing it and uh-huh. the messages that I'm the message I'm trying to get across. So it's like like I cut this video last week that was called Difficulty in Artistry. It was the first video I've ever edited and it was just me talking to the camera about how creativity just astounds me. It's like magic. I don't understand where it comes yeah. from, how I can all of a sudden have an idea then now it's staring me in the face on a screen. And then I used like Radiohead music clips of them losing themselves to music and I published it and I realized this isn't what I'm fucking talking about. I'm trying too hard. Yeah. uh, Eminem said back in the day, I make music for me, fuck what you like. And that's that's funny, but at the same time, like, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to... It's it's gonna be more genuine and more fluid if, if you just talk about what matters to you, and then people will be drawn to that. Someone is gonna have the same opinion or a similar one, or someone with an opposing opinion is gonna at least want to talk about it, you know. And uh, if you if you just talk about what matters to you, yeah, people are gonna be brought in by that, you know. If you sit there and try to, if you say something just for the sake of of, of starting a conversation or just trying to relate to somebody, it's not gonna be real. That's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. I was trying to say, you this, you that. I had right. like messages up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really trying to inspire myself. Exactly. And that's what threw me into the state of depression yeah. that I just got out of where I was yeah. just like, what am I doing? Uh, is anything possible? What's happening? Yeah, dude. So now I'm get, trying to get back to what I care about, what I believe in. Absolutely. And 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 also the, the idea of being use. I got to figure out what my art is. Right. Use my voice. I can't hide behind Radiohead. I can't hide behind these other artists that have already done it and yeah, say, this yeah. is why they're doing it. Right, right. Yeah, this, exactly. This is why it's great, you guys. Yeah, it's we already, know it's great. You like, know it's great. It's been done. Now, it's just uh, introduce something, introduce people to something they haven't heard yet, you know, and that's something that only you know. So it, you introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. You know, there's going to be someone out there that relates to you. I mean, that, I mean that's how we make friends. Like, we make friends <laughs> that way, like related to different people and having uh, similar interests. Someone is going to hear everybody hates Chris and be like, yeah, I remember I got my ass kicked in middle school. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Dude, that's what, I, love how, I love the story aspect of that track, man. It's so good. Appreciate it. A fun fact on the hook, uh, my mom and my aunt are yelling, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Say fuck you, Chris. Everybody say fuck you. Yeah, how, how'd you end up at that show? Which one? Oh, the one that yeah. I met you at? Yeah. My buddy Sly. He's uh, I knew you knew him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I was going to ask you about that. I, I remember him. I actually yeah. met him on the internets. Okay. Like, I, I, was, uh, I used to talk to this girl, and she was like, I sent Sly, his name's Andrew, I sent him your... Your Facebook page for the for the uh, social media thing you're developing, uh-huh. and he loved it, and he wants to know if he can talk to you, and I was like, for sure. And so he he reached he out a, to me. He through, had a really good message. I liked it. Yeah, it was yeah. 
he sent me a Facebook message and he, he submitted a video to the website of like why it's important to believe in ourselves. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. you know? This is the content I'm trying to get people comfortable to create and, and share. And, right, and, and right. the problem is there's no environment. I'm trying to build the environment for yeah. it. But on Facebook, it's rare. Like his Believe in Ourselves video is a rare thing to find from your friend on a Facebook. Exactly. So I promoted it through my website. I shared it on my Facebook page and all that shit. And uh, and I've we've just been I just been following his music and stuff. And I said, listen, man, anytime you're ever gonna perform, you gotta let me know. I want to come. I never met him, and I wanted to see him do his thing. Right. And so he hit me up last week, and I saw he posted that he was gonna perform, and I said I'd be there. And uh, and I managed to get some footage too. I'm gonna try and uh, make a montage video of what he did up there to to really let people see him a little bit more because I believe in his message for sure. Yeah, he had a really good message. I liked it. Yeah, I was that's, listening. He, he said some good stuff. Yeah, because he thinks like I do. Like, I don't know what God is. Like, huh. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know if it's me. If it's The way I've correlated is it's it's just as much as me as it is you. And it's right. all of this. Like, we're experiencing... You'll <laughs> The intro to this podcast, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's my view on reality, okay. in a sense. It's like, we are the consciousness that allows the universe to view itself. Right. We are God experiencing itself as it creates itself. Yeah. So there's nothing more I need to know other than that the moment is infinite. Right. And now it's up to me to decide where I want this infinite plane to traject and go towards. Right. Which is why I do all this stuff is because I want, I would love to love to do this uh-huh. all the time. Yeah, of course. So, and I, I used to listen to Mark Marin podcasts and Pete Holmes and I used to, daydream like man it'd be so cool to be on their show be interviewed and then one day i was like i can fucking do it i just need to buy a microphone and i can talk to people exactly dude do the do and and because of today's technology and things that are so accessible to us man there's no reason why we can't just do it yeah there isn't man there isn't you know who inspired me shia labeouf dude yeah he just says he says, just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. Like, it's a funny video, but I really took that message to heart. I was like, <laughs> of course, man. He's like, feeling it. He's saying, just fucking do it. God, that's like all um, you have to say. I think that was one of the dopest videos of the year, man. It just, is. Just, and so and it took good. off so far. He's a crazy cat, man. Like, you see him getting into some weird shit. But I, I think Shia LaBeouf is dope, man. <laughs> he is cool as shit. He, yeah, he's cool a, as fuck. A few months ago, he, he, he filmed himself. Watching every movie he's ever been in. I saw in. that. I saw that. Just hours of fucking. That is cool. <laughs> Man, it's like that's like it was like I saw the. I even looked at the movie list. It was like three days, and he'd be sleeping like they hit a live feed or whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna watch every movie I've ever been in. Fuck yeah. And it's cool because it's like that to me is art. Like there's art is to me more art is more like a mindset. It's like yeah. you could be. You know, you could be working at the at the uh, emissions testing place, testing yeah. people's cars and just doing that all day. Or you could turn that thing into an art exactly. where all of a sudden you're saying, how's your day going? And you're and you're making me feel better uh-huh. about being me. You've projected yourself in in positivity to build any, something. Any way you could connect to people. Yeah, that's how I believe. I think everything can be art. And I think we all have the ability to be artists. Uh, the most difficult part about what I do is allowing myself to be seen. Yeah. And I'm still learning how to do that. Did you catch that short film that Shia LaBeouf directed for uh, uh, Kid Cuddy and Cage? Oh, when he's when he's in the cage? No, no, no. There's a rapper named Cage. Okay. And Kid Cuddy, they uh, they have a short film directed by Shia LaBeouf. 
Really? It's, it's called the Maniac. It's fucking crazy. They just go around killing people and filming it and stuff like that. It's pretty intense. Dude, I gotta see it. Kid Cudi's my favorite. Yeah, he's dope. My favorite artist, like, right now. Well, his Man on the Moon album is, like, the the one of the reasons I'm not crazy, I would say. <laughs> I relate yeah, so much to him. He's a fucking amazing artist. It, it's hard for me to, to really have a favorite just because there's so Same many. Here. Yeah, they're so different and, like, it depends on what, I, what I'm doing, like, I want to listen to something, you know. He's he's. I love him so much. Like there'd be no reason I'd ever need to talk to him. You yeah. know, I would just. The only thing I'd ever say would be just thank you. That would be it. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing I need to ask him. There's nothing I'm wondering. I'm, I'm not yeah. concerned about. He allowed me to really wonder about myself. Yeah. Through his words. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the thing, man. I think the best. We don't love the artists. The best artists that I love is because they allowed me to to learn to love myself in a sense yeah oh yeah dude again that that's relating to somebody you know they put out something that that's that's somebody you related to mm. and that's something that they went through that's exactly what i'm talking about man well, you have anything planned coming up uh right now i'm just kind of wigging it you know just wigging it trying to just trying to dive head first see uh how many gigs i could book just reach people like that you know just working on music and just getting it out there i want to have something i'm very big on presentation so i don't want to just burn a cd like write chris and marker and be like check me out you know i want it to look good so right now i'm working on a project i have a i haven't really decided the the name of the pro uh that i have a few names of mine uh there there's an album that i want to do called deleted seeds and the whole concept of that is going to be uh you know, we're we're all watching a movie, but all of us have like behind the scenes that we that we all go through that that people don't really get to see or that oh, we, we rather that we keep private. And I want to speak on a lot of private issues that that even more private than, than what we're talking about right now, more personal things that that I just would like to speak on and just just open up about my own personal deleted scenes that I would normally hide from other people. You know what I'm saying? That's a great idea, dude. There's that. Uh, there's one that I want to do called uh, Auntie Chris. <laughs> you know, starring Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little play on the word Antichrist. Yeah. But uh, it's not sacrilegious at all. Uh, I think what inspired that is I saw a picture of the Pope holding a microphone, uh-huh. and it just looked so epic. Yeah. That I thought like, wow, that'd be such a dope album cover. I was like, but what kind of album would I do? I'm like, I'd call it the Antichrist. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. that. Dope, dude. Yeah. Uh, the mixtape that I that uh that I was working on for a while called it Foo Bar, which you know stands for fucked up y'all recognition, and that was just gonna be uh the concept of that one is like uh I, I wanted to open up like I'm at a, a a narcotics anonymous meeting, and everybody is like telling their testimonies like hi you know I'm Adam and and you know I'm an alcoholic and you know hi Adam you know that kind of thing and I wanted that to start mine off you know what I'm saying like hi my name is Chris and then just jump into a verse just talking shit like that you know and I want that to be the concept of the album you know just like my testimony is why I'm I'm like a feed for this you know dude so many great ideas yeah so and I'm so scatterbrained with it all that it's like I can't just focus on one thing I'm like doing all these at the same time so I think that's why it takes even longer for it to come out you know right well the idea for the deleted scenes is fucking phenomenal. And the Antichrist. Thanks. Why Why wouldn't it be that you just focus on the first deleted scene, you know? Yeah. Track that, just one song. Track one song. Maybe cut a video of you 
as you're working on it yeah. and share that on your Facebook, share that on your Oh, page. absolutely. And now that I'm, I'm back in it, you know what I'm saying? I, for sure, like I'm, I'm jumping, like I said, head first into all of this. Uh, these have all been concepts and ideas that I've toyed with for, for a long time. And I think the reason why I haven't been able to just like stop and focus on one is because I, I write my life. You know what I'm saying? I write what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. So not enough distance from it. Uh, it it'll be like, like with uh deleted scenes, like that's cause that's where I was in my life when I thought of that. I was like, yo, this is where I'm at in life and like this is what I want to talk about. And then uh Fubar came along and like that's kinda like really I really was like uh battling with uh substance abuse and and, and being really addicted to to this music shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And just kinda like intertwining those two concepts together and that's how I got the idea of, like just speaking as like an addict for this music shit. Right. And uh what the other one, the Antichrist, uh that's just because I saw a picture of the Pope with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I thought that was cool. So, like, uh, it, it depends on, like, how I'm feeling, what I'm going through. Like, today, I'll feel like the Antichrist. And then tomorrow, I'll feel like deleted scenes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, it's it's just hard. I guess it's like a, what they call, like, a, an ADD or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, the thing that juices me is... Yeah is uh, making the product. I feel so fucking... The best stuff I've done, the success I felt was right when I pressed enter and it was done. And I was like, wow. Yeah. The other juice, though, that comes with being an... I think trying to be an artist is is the release of the product. Uh So it's like... It's the feedback you get from it, really. It's allowing yourself to be seen. It's like, that's the scariest part. Uh Like, it's scary when I'm keeping it real on a... Like, I did this one uh, piece called To Mend a Broken Heart where I wrote out, like, the only time I've experienced heartbreak, the most painful thing I've ever experienced, and it gave me so much relief from it. It allowed me to realize I'm okay again. And I was successful right when I finished that piece. When I pressed publish... That was the next test. It was yeah. like, oh shit! Like, I knew I had to do it, and I knew I had to share it. But it was so true to me that I just said, "Fuck it! If I really want to be the man I think I can, I've got to get the courage to do this." Exactly. And it's grown me, and it's shaped me, and it's evolved me to the point now. I crave releasing things. Yeah. You know. Oh, for sure, I'm, dude. And I, like, I need, to, like, I feel like I want to. I always want to do something every week, at least. Yeah. At least because. Yeah, I mean, uh, it gives me so much. I. I made a song when I was like 20 and uh, it's called Father's Day and this is around the time that I was like uh, you know searching for my father and stuff like that like we talked about before and this is around the time I kind of gave up on that so this song and, and I was going through like a whole mixture like a whirlwind of emotions you know it was sad you know like what the fuck like why I felt like it, it felt like uh, I'm searching for this guy like I'm always hitting walls, you know? Like, I'm always hitting walls. Am I not supposed to find my father? Well, fuck that. Why can't I, you know? Like, and then it was like, well, fuck it. You know, say, fuck it. You don't want to be my dad? Fine. I don't need your ass, you know? Which wasn't fair because I don't fucking know the guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't fucking know the guy until recently. And he, he seems like a great guy. Uh, but I wrote this song called Father's Day. And that was basically, like, all my feelings about that. And... It just sounded so shitty. Like the 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 quality of it was trash. Like, uh, it wasn't. I don't even know if it was even mixed and mastered. It was just so. I just recorded it, and I think I just was like, that was it. Like, and uh, it it got sent out, and then I got responses like, uh, my boy who was in rehab at the time. He uh he I gave it was on the CD. He went out there, and I went out to visit him one time in rehab. 
And I had these grown ass men coming up to me with tears in their eyes, talking about like how much that song meant to them. And just like, just tears streaming down their face, just wanting to shake my hand. Like that song, that fucking song. And like, they're just telling me how much it meant to them, how great it was, how it inspired them and touched them and how like, what they went through with their fathers and stuff like that. And, and to be honest, I hated the song. I hated it. I didn't like it. I think it sounded like shit because I'm looking at it from like a, a perfectionist yeah. standpoint. I was like, it just sounds bad. Like it just doesn't sound good. It could be good, but it sounds doesn't sound good. And I think that made me appreciate the song a little bit better. Not so much that I think it was a great song, but the fact that so many other people did, mm. and that it, it made them feel a certain way. And and that's all because of so, it's something that came out of my head. Hmm. You know, so making something when before there was absolutely nothing. Right. And, and my thoughts made these people feel a certain way. And I, to me, that was like the greatest feeling ever. Huh. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, we're going to keep having those feelings. <laughs> All of us, even everyone listening. Welcome to the human experience. Yeah, this has been uh, this has been a pleasure, my man. Oh man, pleasure's mine. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll close out with uh, with whatever song future future me decides to throw in here at the end, but uh, yeah. it will be featuring Chris Gregory. Yeah, it just occurred to me. I don't think I ever said my name. Chris Gregory, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> now nah, this is Chris Gregory. Um, now nah, I'm gonna overdub it. So like, I'll come back in here. Yeah. And I'll just go like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen to some of your podcasts, but it's all good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. It's Chris Gregory. <laughs> thanks. Back up in this bitch again. Oh. I like this. This is funky. Look, check it out. I'ma keep it real, I'm not a thug, I've shot a gun, but never shot no one, but I'm still a G, cause when the shit goes down, they get pistols out, I'm not gonna run, I'm not a dope boy, but boy, I'm dope, I'm out of your beat with a boy, I'm flow, but they're ripping your rap for all your team, and half before y'all know, easy as one, two, three, to the four, five, six, I rule this bitch with a robot fist, got some rappers I wanna see dead, so bless your soul if you're on my list. I'm all my shit, the flows I spit are tight like Botox lips Y'all aim for the stars, I aim for the sun And when I shoot, better hope I miss Cause when I hit, my show y'all hoes are cold I miss Put the mic there, Junior, you ain't no fucking MC What you know about this? I'm a vet, been doing my thing since I was a wee child In middle school detention, writing and kicking my freestyle Said peace out, but I roll down, I'm bro now And I hold my own now I've got some people I need to hold down I'm so clean, but I'm so foul And I know how, y'all love it when I bust my flow Cause it's from my soul When they got nothing to do with what I think this is what I, what I know now, what I think It's for the heart, not for the charts It's the love of the art, you can see what I mean If you starting my bars, yo I'm a walking anomaly, out of a lot of the heart of the love of me Solid, my body, be hard as mahogany Talking that comedy, I release the demons How did it sound of me? My psychology is off the Richter Hop the victor, you know over rip your hips You're full of lifters, squeeze you the chest like a boba constrictor And know when I miss ya, I fit ya In a 3x6, jack your ass for your feel of kicks and PR, bitch This is hip-hop, not a fashion show And I sell my soul to cash flow, I rather the pack of backpack and backstroke back to Castro. This game is slash throat, and yeah, I watch the throne from a sniper scope. And when my rifle blows, I'll ignite your dome like a jack o' lantern. Rooted up to slap your nana with a black banana. Got more hits in a sack of pandas. I'll smack a pan of Montana with a pan, spray with pan, not my hand. That's my grammar. With top of the haters, fuck my foes. This is what I know. Hey, hey, hey. 
hey, 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 hey. Yeah.